Welcome to Business Talk, Sister Gok. Today's podcast episode title is How to Build a Business While Recovering from Surgery. And with me today, I have an entrepreneur who has done just that. Her name is Carissa. And can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Thanks so much for being with me. Yeah, Becca, thanks for having me here. Um, I am an injury prevention and longevity focused coach for people who like to play outside. So whether it's running, biking, hiking, all that good jazz, um, that is exactly what I do. So primarily I focus on the climbing community because most climbers don't just climb. And I love helping people do what they love as long as I possibly can. Yeah. So I just want to clarify injury prevention is basically you're helping people to build the physical muscle and everything to make sure that they don't get hurt while doing what they're enjoying outside. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and we try to mitigate the risk of people getting injured due to things like overuse or muscle imbalances or um, just movement that isn't biomechanically ideal. Um, So I help people take what they're enjoying doing and then build the skills, the strength, and some of the mind-muscle connections that they need in order to do that thing well. Um, And sometimes that means that we actually also talk about risks outside of the actual training. So like rest days or nutrition or sleep or hydration, things like that too. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I know you have you have so much wisdom and I especially like, okay, so Carissa and I have been friends for a long time and I've just been yeah. following her business journey and she has so many things that she's learned about building this business while going through multiple hip, hip surgeries. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because I think there's a lot of people that have thought about starting a business or have time off because they're getting a surgery done. And then it's like, well, can I actually even do that? Or what does that look like? Right. So Mm -hmm. before we get into all of the specifics of how you started building it, uh, your, your business that you're doing, um, how did you come to the conclusion that this is what you wanted to do? Why do you do this business? And, And tell me what the name of it is as well. Oh yeah. Um, so upper mobility fitness started, I kind of started as like a wild haired brained idea as I was completing uh, school to be a physical therapist assistant. I learned that I had a couple of bone deformities in each hip and it's it turned into a labral tear. Um, it's something that's just like you lost the genetic lottery. Like there's no mm-hmm. real preventing it mm-hmm. per se, other than not to have a career in rock climbing, which was another huge piece of what brought me to this business is I love to climb. I worked for many years coaching and then guiding. And in the process of doing that, I watched people over and over and over get injured and end up in physical therapy and Mm -hmm. learn that they could have prevented it if they had trained differently or known something differently. There was no hesitation. I needed to create this because now I was kind of up a creek without a paddle. Um, Both of my degrees are very active. They're very physical. They require me to be physically capable of performing them. And I didn't have marketable skills that allowed me to work from home very well. And 
when I had both hips done, I needed help getting off the toilet. There was no way I was going to be able to be a physical therapist assistant or Mm. continue to guide or continue to uh, coach rock climbing in person at that moment. And so I just set to work using the skills that I did have um, to create something new. Yeah, no, yeah. And I think that that as you're realizing, okay, my body is physically not able to do what it used to do. How can I use what I know to make it into something that's um, valuable to other people that can that can help them? I think that that's a really, really valuable thing because I think a lot of people who are getting ready to go have surgery or maybe you've just had surgery and you're like, well, I'm kind of recovering. I'm doing my exercises. But there's a lot of sitting around because you can't mm-hmm. do everything that you used to be able to do. And right. So what are kind of, where did you start? Like when, did you plan all of this before you had surgery to pick it up when you had surgery afterwards or what, what was the, the planning process? Um, the planning process was to create this business in three to five years after I had spent more time in the PT clinic and world. And I had brainstormed a significant amount. And when I learned okay. that I needed the surgery and, and whatnot, I decided to just jump on it. Instead of sitting around and waiting, I decided to just go for it. The best way to be in business is to be in business. You're going to have ups and downs. Progress is not linear. And what a great time to just start learning and, mm-hmm. and not put a lot of pressure on myself to have it perfect to figure it all out right away, to take it in bite-sized chunks and allow it to be what it is and and learn as I go. Because I knew that once I was physically more capable, there were a lot of other things I wanted to do to scale my business, but I didn't have the means or the ability to do so at the moment. So I did what I could. (laughs) And and took it from there, I think seeing the need, especially after surgery, I see how in the injury recovery world, a lot of times people get to the point where they can go back to work and mm-hmm. then insurance stops helping. And when I experienced that time and time again and was going into surgery, I wanted to create something that would demonstrate the difference between the t- like where work starts and play starts they're very different um Mm -hmm. and my my company kind of focuses also on filling that gap I think a lot of people who are in the climbing community find that their care their medical care team doesn't understand how athletic they have to be in order to perform the things they love to do and the things that frankly give them a lot of joy and a lot of life and knowing how that felt to be stuck, unable to even walk was Mm. so frustrating. And it's put me in a position where now I feel like I can understand my clients a lot better. I can understand my market a lot better. And in this whole process of like, why now it, it was also a piece of like, I have a story to tell now. I have, Let's get back into, because I know we're getting a little off track. We are getting a little off track. I have have a lot of questions. Um, So, okay. So you kind of had this idea 
And I'm just going to summarize because I know sometimes for me, the takeaways are hard to pull out. Um, So you had this idea, you knew you wanted to do it. You've been kind of working towards education for that. And then when you found out you need to have surgery, you said, okay, well, I'm going to have this time. But the two key things here that I, I think are takeaways for other people are one, it was not dependent on just like, get it done, get it done, get it done while you're in surgery. You had to have grace for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you had to be like, I'm going to learn all that I can as I am physically able. And if I am not, it's okay. Yeah. And I think that's a big piece of it um, that people need to realize. Right. And then the other piece of it is saying, if I have the time now and I have nothing else to do, I should be investing in my education so that I will be prepared to launch bigger once I am physically capable. Right. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So those are big summary pieces that I think anybody can do, regardless of the business, saying, I'm going to use this time in the way that I can while not having crazy high expectations for myself. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. It's really tough to allow yourself the grace and the space to do what you can and no more. However, it's really key, like you said, because when you're doing what you can, you really are doing what you can. You can't expect yourself to be more than what you are. Yeah, especially if you're like having to take medication or all Mm -hmm. these other things, right? So yeah. So tell me what was then the next step? Like, did you start building a website? What was what was like the, okay, this is what I need to do and need to learn in order to start this business? Yeah, in order to start the business, I needed to work out the kinks on how I was going to coach online something that was very physical, frankly, and work out some of the kinks in how I would communicate with my clients, how I would create and share programs, how I would actually be marketing this to people and how to do client intake stuff. Um, I, I had to figure out everything. It was a lot to figure out. But I think the biggest pieces that I wanted to figure out was how to create a quality product and quality client experience. And mm-hmm. in doing so, I had a couple people give me some good pieces of advice. And one of them was before you focus on the frills, focus on the product. And that's exactly what I'd, I'd set work on doing was creating my website and then also really digging into my product. And last one was building a building a brand on the like very deeper surface level. What was I about? Why did I want to do something? What motivated me and what was my why? So that as I move forward in marketing and branding, I could look back on some of those really core values about why I started my company so that I had a really firm foundation for making decisions moving on. Yeah. And I feel like Mm. that's something most people don't realize they need is like, I have to perfect the product before I really start pushing it. And then I have to make sure I know my why, because when I get discouraged or when there's a new opportunity, I have to make sure it aligns with my original plan. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what was the first couple things that you thought were worth investing in to start your business in terms of like tools or equipment or branding? What, what, What did that look like? Uh, For me, the first thing I actually invested in was a logo. I hired a graphic designer to create a logo for me. I was able to work with Katie McKinstry. She's great. Um, 
she did my logo and she, <laughs> I asked her, I said, can you create something that just kind of looks like Carissa? And she was like, yeah, we can do that. And we worked together in, in the process and even down to like some of the artwork itself in the logo, like there's very, there's a lot of purpose in it. There's mountains, it's kind of a diamond, it's unique, but it's also very crisp and clear there's like some upward motion in the logo and I wanted it to be something that people would see and immediately recognize and and so far that seems to be working right (laughs) it's working really well yeah Yeah. people people see it and they're like they recognize my logo when they bump into it for sure yeah yeah well let's talk a little bit about that aspect because you said you started going to now post-surgery you've recovered now you're mm-hmm. kind of taking it to the next level because you've done all of this planning and yep. you're going to events and you do a lot of social media. How have those things complemented one another? What have you seen uh, work well going to events and, and what have you learned? I've learned in going to events that the way that I carry myself and who I am is a very direct representation of my brand and my mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. I've learned that consistency matters a lot. When you show up to that place, the way that you react to things, interact with people, how you make moves or steps forward in your actions with whether it's the event coordinators or other vendors and et cetera, it matters because the people who you want to impact are not just your future clients. Mm. They are also the people who have been sitting in a, in a tent next to yours all day. Mm-hmm. And they might recognize something in somebody that they say, oh, you actually need to go talk to so-and-so down there. When you carry yourself in a way where you are ready and able and willing to serve those around you at those events, it shows. And it actually carries your brand really well too not only are the people who become clients or who interact with me at my tent or who take a clinic with me going to have a positive experience with meeting somebody who's there to actually help the people at the event itself are gonna notice that and experience that and then they'll want you back um Mm. i think that's the biggest piece is when i went to those events i noticed that my brand was more than just a logo and a neon blue tablecloth everywhere I went. It Yo, was, yeah, yeah. It was how I interacted with people and how I chose others to come with me and help me. Like that person needed to also be willing and able to carry this servant minded mentality forward so that we could have the most positive impact possible in that area and serve people the best we could. Yeah. And I actually just did um, release two episodes, well, episode 129 and 130 Mm -hmm. on how to have a trade show booth. And those are actually some things that I also have experienced is on a larger scale with massive trade shows is like, it doesn't matter if you are going there for the first time or you've been there for 10 years, if you're not talking to the people next to you and building those relationships, you're not having other people advocate for you on your behalf. Right. And like, yeah, that's totally a big piece of it. So I can totally um, 
uh, affirm what you're saying is valuable, especially within a niche group of uh, like rock climbers, right? Because the other people that target that industry are going to know everybody and they're going to be there for a long time because that's their passion as well. Exactly. The people who are tabling near me or who I'm interacting with have become some of my best advocates. And honestly, one of the best ways that they have advocated for me is by inviting me to other things that they're going to too. They'll like go to an event and they'll be like, oh, we think you mm. should come too. Here's mm-hmm. the contact info for who you need to talk to to be there. And that makes a huge difference being able to advocate for others and be advocated for, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what are the areas that you had to learn most about as becoming a business owner? I think probably like bookkeeping and accounting has been one of the biggest things to learn about in becoming a business owner. I find that it's really easy to do the things that I'm passionate about, like meeting with a client or talking to people at a trade show where we get to dig into what maybe some of their concerns are. And I can give them this like sliver of hope that, you know, I I think seeing people be excited about that is really encouraging. Mm-hmm. However, it's that back end work in the finance world that has been the biggest learning curve for me as well as the website building world and probably like the legal side of things as well Mm. with with running a business has been a big learning curve those those three the website the finances and the legal stuff has been uh, a challenge and that's okay I am not I I call myself a chief executive figure it outer <laughs> that's that's my job <laughs> and, and whether it's figuring out how to help somebody or figuring out what on earth I'm doing that's what I'm doing I'm just figuring it out mm. yeah so tell me how long did it take you to get your material ready from like doing this during surgery or after surgery, everything? So how long has it been? And and what do you wish other business owners would know as they're first starting out? I've been doing this now for a, a little over a year. I, or at least I've been legally in LLC for a little over a year. Before that, it was there's a lot of backend stuff that goes into preparing and creating all of this, these things. I, it probably took me a good six months to. Mm, before you were ready for an LLC. Before. Oh, okay. I'm going to back up then. If I think about like when I started wanting and thinking about starting this business to when I actually LLC'd, it was probably a year and a half of time. Okay. Just like, plinking away at things in between final exams or practical exams and whatnot with school. There was a lot of other stuff happening. And then this was something that I would like pick up on my weekend and Mm -hmm. work on on occasion um, for about a year and a half. And about three months before I LLC'd, I really dug into the process consistently on a daily basis. And when I did LLC, it probably took me a solid four to five months to feel prepared to take on clients the way that I wanted to, if that makes yeah. sense. Like with, No, it with totally those. does. 
and people and I think and time yeah. and all that jazz. I think that's important for other people to know because a lot of times people think, well, I'm just not getting there fast enough. And it's like, no, if you want to do it right, it's going to be slow. And that's okay because it means that you've prepared well. And when you execute, things start exponentially growing. And that's what I think I've been seeing with you is that you took a lot of time in preparation. And now that you're finally out there, people are like, oh yeah, I've seen that brand. I think I saw you on my Instagram. I think I saw you here. Oh, you were at this other event and they're remembering who you are. And those relationships are becoming really valuable, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I try to take this like duck in water approach where I'm, I look kind of calm on the surface, but I'm like paddling like mad underneath. And (laughs) aren't we all? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Trying really hard. (laughs) And, and yet at the same time, like the duck looks the same whether they're pedaling under the water or not frankly Mm -hmm. and sometimes with surgery recovery I just had to tell myself that like it was okay to just stop pedaling for a while and just float where I was and hang out where I was because that is exactly what's happened is with time and input as consistently as I could with the best foot forward that I could, I have found that people are now coming to me and they're like, oh, I've heard of you before, or I've seen you at this other event before. Uh, one guy was like, I saw your sticker outside the porta potty at Devil's Tower. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Like, yeah. Where rock like, climbers are going. Yeah. yeah. It's like on the water tank or something like that. And it just, it, really encouraged me because sometimes you you do all this stuff that you never see the benefits of later Mm, like mm -hmm. printing thousands of stickers or hundreds of business cards or shaking hands and saying hi to people and encouraging people but it does matter and it sticks out and um now I have opportunity to partner with other businesses where we can help each other out. For example, like there's a, a PT clinic in Salt Lake City that um, we actually refer people back and forth pretty often because sometimes there's things that I can't help with and they can. And sometimes there's things that they no longer need to help with and mm-hmm. it'd be better for that person to come work with me. So those sorts of things start happening too where you can you can work with another business and combine forces. And that makes a big difference. It just takes time. You can't decorate a warm cake. <laughs> that's such cool. a good, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Well, I want to, I know we're running low on time here. So I want to ask, uh, where can people find you? People can find me all over the place. You can find me on Instagram. It's just at Upward Mobility Fitness. You can find me at my website, www uppermobilityfitness.com. You can reach out to me via email if you want, just info at uppermobilityfitness.com. And last but not least, uh, people can actually go, whether it's on my website or my Instagram, they can actually sign up for a free consultation and either DM me the word free. You can comment on any single one of my posts, the word free, or on my website, there's a link to sign up for a free consultation. Just reach out. I want to be a resource. That's a big piece of why I started this. And so let me be a resource to you 
and help you find the direction that you need to do the things that you love as long as you possibly can. Mm, Awesome. So my last question for you before we transition to the gawk is what resources would you recommend to others that you have found helpful in starting your business? Yeah, one of the big ones that I use is Popple, P-O-P-L. It's great because it's actually a digital business card that I use this QR code and then it brings people to this Mm. digital business card space where they can follow my Instagram, they can email me, I can set up specific links for them to sign up for a consultation or to sign up for a prize drawing, they can like Venmo me from there, they can email call, whatever. Wow. And it's so slick. They can get to my website and I've started printing that QR code on the back of my stickers because sticker app is another one that I wanted to recommend. Sticker app allows people to print on the back side of their stickers. And so my stickers are also a digital business card. That's nice. It's really great because most people want a sticker, but they don't want a business card. Mm -hmm. Um, I, other than sticker app, I just use Vistaprint for most things. And it's been working out pretty well for me. Awesome. Well, thank you. We're going to transition to the gawk portion. And I know that you have listened to a couple of my episodes before. So you knew this was coming. I did. (laughs) Okay. So now we're going to talk about an adventure you had on your last um, event you went to. You got a flat tire. And how did that happen? Yeah. So I woke up to a flat tire and we... Thankfully, at Lander, Wyoming, we were actually staying in a home with a wonderful gal named Kristen. She works for Climbers for Christ. And Kristen hosts people in her home. And I had actually partnered with her in the process of everything for the Climbers Festival because she had been able to connect me with a local church that had a rock climbing wall in it so that I could host my clinics mm. and with a local gym that she knew the like owners of and they actually loaned us some equipment and then she also housed us so she was a huge resource while yeah, we were wow. out there to top it all off I woke up the morning of my first clinic <laughs> and of like three and drove about 10 feet down the road before I realized I had a flat tire and morning Carissa is like rarely awake Um, (laughs) and so so I'm like still trying to wake up so I made it like 10 feet down the road before noticing that my tire was flat and I pull over and I call Kristen as said you know how things go wrong whenever they can and she goes what is it and I said well my tire's flat and she said okay we're on it yeah they do like a free breakfast that morning and so one of the volunteers from a local church uh Scott came and he actually brought me to my clinic location came back to my vehicle to try to help because the lug nuts were not the correct size for the actual like sockets that we had on our wrench set and it's because my stepdad who is a phenomenal 
mechanic for the last like 30 years put locking lug nuts on that were like way too big and then what a didn't, guy. <laughs> didn't add like a special socket for them <laughs> into yeah, the car got it. and um so I didn't know this like I, I trusted him to just have the things and he was just trying to make sure nobody ever stole your tires like right, he really was <laughs> he was doing the right thing and so thankfully Scott showed up and um he he brought me to my clinic he went back he tried to help figure out the thing and bring his own socket set but none of them worked so he came back to pick me up and while I was carpooling to my clinic with my participants and doing all my clinic stuff for the day Scott was so kind he actually took my tire in to get it repaired and he went and bought the correct socket and a brand new lug nut because we had stripped they had, like one of them he got stripped it so yeah. wow. so he what a guy shout out to Scott <laughs> yeah Pastor, Pastor Scott was a godsend and mm. he I, I talked to him later and I was like, wow, like, thank you so much. Um, like, can I Venmo you? Can I write you a check? Like, how can I, I got cash. Can I pay you back? And he's like, oh no, like the deacons uh, have a fund for things like this and we have it all covered. And so <laughs> they, they like took care of the expense of it too. And to me, it was just such a testament to how honestly being there to help each other out and having that kind of community Mm-hmm. it's so important you know um yeah. <laughs> so- well yeah absolutely and I am totally gonna gawk about this with you a little bit more afterwards probably <laughs> <laughs> but thank yes. you thank you for joining me today I really oh, appreciate yeah. it and you. if you enjoyed this episode you should give it a review on Spotify and I will see you next week <laughs>